Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Today, specifically, we're talking about corporate worship. What do we do on a Sunday when we come in together? How important it is to God that we come in together. And uh, the reason why we want to talk about that is, is so we don't, um, we, we don't dilute what God meant for us to, to be worshipers. When, when he called us to be uh, his people and to set us free, he called us to worship him. And um, I want to talk about two, two things today. One is our everyday life. Say everyday life. And the other one is corporate worship. Say corporate worship. Dude, why are you talking about my everyday life? We're just talking about singing songs. No, we're not. On a Sunday, basically, we can't go somewhere where we haven't gone on ourself, by ourselves individually in our own lives during the week. If we try to show up on a Sunday and we try to push in the limit and try to go somewhere that we haven't gone, it's just, we're just going to, there's that tension of like, we haven't cultivated that individually. Right? So that's why it's important. It's like going on a date and um, you don't really care the, you know, the, the, the days prior to the date and you don't care about the days after. You just care about the date. You know, I'm going to show this girl what a good date it is. That's what I tried uh, when we had our first kid. Um, we, we, it was just crazy busy, right? Uh, I mean, I thought it was busy to have one child. Um, and and we, we were just being completely functional. We just like, just survive, okay? And then it goes by a couple months and I was like, man, I was like, babe, we haven't had a date. This is crazy, we need to connect. I'll, 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 we're gonna hit a good spot, I'll take you out, we're gonna treat you well. So we go, we get there, and basically, um, she says something that completely triggered me. And I'm like, what? Like, well, I'm, I'm, I, I picked the place, like, what do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? And it just turns into a huge argument. Because it's like, basically, we haven't really connected for so long, and then we come in together, and now instead of just enjoying each other and going deep in our relationship, we're just fixing things that we haven't really talked about it through days. And, and it's just, it was the worst date that we've ever had. We joke about it today. Praise the Lord. But it was the worst day we've ever had ever. And the food comes in and I'm like, this doesn't even taste good. It's like, it doesn't matter how much time the restaurant invested in the experience, the chef put time into the food. We, when we come together and we try to go somewhere that we haven't gone individually, that we don't care, we're just not, it's just not going to happen. Are you guys with me? So that it's important for us to uh, understand that when we accept Jesus in our life, we are set free to be worshipers, to exalt him, to elevate him above anything else in our lives for the rest of our lives until eternity. And it's so beautiful that we get to, we get to worship him in this life through the challenges, through the pain, because that's a, a privilege someone said once and he stuck with me. That's a privilege that we only have in this life. That during, in the midst of pain, we get to say, Lord, but I know who you are. And I know what you've done for me. It's a privilege that we get to, to exercise, to be determined people, to exalt him no matter what the circumstances are. Because he doesn't change. 
He doesn't change at all. We change. We go through seasons um, in and out, but he, he stays the same. And worship is basically an offering of our attention, our words, our thoughts to put him, to set him above everything else and say, Lord, even in the midst of pain, I know you. I know who you are. So when we come in, we, when we come on a Sunday, that's what we do. You know, I, I want to be careful with us diminishing the, 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 the words, the expression of worship to just a, a, a worship set that lasts 30 to 40 minutes. Yes, that is important, but it's not everything. The, the worship set is amazing, and I love the team here. They, they, they put such a, an amazing um, intentionality and time towards, towards setting us up for, for a moment of worship. But that, that's not just it. There's more than that, right? And, and it's important for us to know that there's more than that because sometimes we can walk in and it's like, oh, I wonder who's leading worship today. I wonder who's doing back vocal today. Mm, there's two singers. There's three singers today. Wow, look at that drummer. He's amazing. And we're, our focus is so easy to actually take our attention and our sight away from the Lord and just fixating on what's happening. But it's more than that. You know, and you can say, oh, but I feel good during worship. Yes, of course you do. Jesus Christ is the presence of the Lord in our lives. And when we come into a place of worship, it's, it's like we're connecting a wire to heaven. And therefore, our spirit and our soul opens up to the presence of God and it overflows. That's why we feel his love. But instead of us just connecting on a Sunday, what about we have a hard wire that is connected throughout the week in our everyday life? Right? Sometimes you come in on a Sunday, it's like, oh, what's the wire again? Oh, yeah, this one, this one. Praise the Lord. And you can jump and you can do all things. But the goal is for us to actually have a hard wire that is connected always. How many of you guys remember dialed up internet? Oh my goodness, those were the worst days ever, right? Kids these days say, oh, it's taking so long, man, to upload. It's like, dude, you don't know. You don't know. It's like you're sitting there and you can see the green bar. You guys remember that on the bottom? And it's like 5%. 6%. It's like, ah, this just can't take any longer. And then it's at 98% and the phone rings and you're like, no, don't you dare pick up the phone. Don't do it. Don't, no. Everything is lost. It's a time of ICQ. You guys remember that? Messenger, all this craziness. You talk to, it was like wild world, right? So what we want is to, is to develop in, into, into a, a strong connection all the time. Say all the time. Come on. As we grow into an internal way of living life, we mature and to come and understand that worship is an offering. That is actually more than songs, but it's our life. Where we exalt him, where we adore him, we elevate his name above everything else. I love looking back and trying to figure it out. How did God design things? Every time I'm about to speak, I always go back. It's like, what did God intended for us in worship? So going back to the book of Exodus, where we talk about presence and worship, it's just so focused in there. 
where um, the people of God, they, they, were, they were locked up under slavery. They were in Egypt um, as slaves. And God sent someone to set them free, which his name was Moses. And, and it's interesting that during eight different opportunities, God actually says, set my people free so they may go and worship me. Let my son Israel go so they may worship me. In other words, he's trying to emphasize, I'm setting you free for something here. I'm setting you free so that me and you have a hard connection for the rest of your life. I'm setting you free so that me and you, uh, you know, that you exalt me and there's no other idol. And he comes and he starts explaining their, their way of living life. He's like, I don't want you guys to build any other altar. I don't want you to worship any other God. I don't want you to just pay attention to anything else but me. I'm a jealous God. That's what he says. And then he shares with Moses the commandments, which is basically setting up a life of worship. And what I love about the commandments is that you go through it, and, and the first four, it's all about him. It's you shall not have, uh, uh, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord, uh, your, oh, your God in vain and keep the Sabbath. The first four, it's all about him. It's all about don't be distracted. I am the one that is setting you free. I'm your father. I am your father. I'm your father. I'm loving you. I'm for you. Those are just the four. So he's like, there is a new way of living here. And then he continues and then he goes, honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false testimony, uh, false witness against your neighbor. There's a little bit of Portuguese in there. You shall not covet. So out of, out of the 10, six is about a relationship with one another. It's like, what? Wait a second. But it's about worship. It's about you. Well, yes. But what I want, God's saying, I want us to be a community of worship so that my presence can inhabit not in one person, but in the community. And when we do that, it's basically to exalt his name. Because when others look in and it's like, man, the people of Israel, they worship the Lord like nothing else. It's not really about them, but they are making God famous through their worship. So God is like, man, it's, it's so, it's as important for you to worship me and to fix your eyes on me. It's as important also to treat your neighbor well, to not gossip, to not have, you know, not be a false witness against your brother. It gets harder, doesn't it? And you're like, bro, but that's Old Testament. Yes, and then I, you open a New Testament and Jesus is like, bang, here it is. He goes in the Sermon of the Mountain and he's like, you shall not murder, adultery, divorce, eye for eye, love your enemies. Like, ah! Matthew 5, 23, he says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and then remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and then first go be reconciled and then come back. I wanted to take this verse out of my message because it's so hard. It's the top 10 verses, hardest verses for me in the Bible. I just wanted to melt. I'm like, no, I don't want to go fix it. I don't want to. Lord, 
You go and tell them that they need to, you know, be convicted to fix. Tell them to come and speak to me. It's much easier. But of course, Jesus is coming in in a new covenant. And he's saying, don't forget, that's, that's, where, that's where my father started. That's what we intended. For us to be a community of worship where his presence inhabited in us is, you know, important for us to treat each other well. So that in our relationship, God is being exalted. In the way I treat my kids, his name is being elevated. In the, in the way I treat my wife, my boss, my workplace, my, my, my school, everything, he is being elevated. I'm preaching to myself today. That is so hard, isn't it? Love your enemies? No. They're my enemies, you know? No, but, but Jesus is calling us into something deeper here. So what we do corporate really matters. What we do what we do as a community during the week matters just as much as when we come on a Sunday to worship him. And just like Jesus is saying, I'm, I, I don't really care about an empty ritual. I want, I want your life. I want you to be sincere. I want your gift to mean something. I want your sacrifice to match the actions of, of coming and building an altar of adoration. Jesus, help us. Help us. Then we come on a Sunday and we walk in and this is our moment to offer him our attention. This is our moment to offer him our devotion. This is the moment where we come in. It's not at all about ourselves. In our meeting, as you see, we, we open some spaces for us to minister over you. But when we come in worship, it's about Him and Him alone. And I love it. I love just worshiping with you guys. My wife and I were like, yes, let's bring our kids here to the front because we want to engage. We want, in, we want our family to engage in worship. You know, and I get it. On the, on the way from, uh, from home to here, so many of us have different experiences. Some of you guys, you roll out of bed 30 minutes before the service starts. You rock up in the car and you show up and you're all nice and refreshed. Parent is like a mission. It's like before you start, you're like, you're ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready for it. You're ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. And you just, let's do it. And it's just like you're changing them. You're getting everything ready. You get here and you're like, yes, we did it. Worship starts and you're like, oh, Jesus, it's so good to be here. I loved I walked in today and someone was like, wasn't it nice that you had an extra hour of sleep today? <laughs> yeah, that should be nice. Wow. Tell me more about it. How does that really feel? No one told my kids the clock went back one hour. My oldest showed up in the, in the door. He's like, Daddy, I'm ready to go downstairs. No! There's one more hour. What I'm saying is we all come, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing that we experience to get here. But the important is, the most important and valuable thing is that you show up. However you are, show up. Come, 
come and let us let us worship God together. Let us let us you know exalt Him together. You know, and it, it, it's 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 far from being a performance on the on the Sunday. We don't want to grade you. You know, oh, you raise your hands twice, you get a blessing, and you get a blessing. No, because that will bring self-awareness, and self-awareness is, is the worst enemy of worship. It takes away our sight of him and just fixes on ourselves. That's not what we want. That's not what we want at all. We want to be completely and, and, and devoted with our eyes on him because it's about who he is and about what he has done in our lives. It's about him. So if you guys don't mind opening in Psalm 95, verse 1 and 2. I love how this, the, the, the author of Psalms just, he expresses so well when you come together. These are some key things for you to do. So Psalm 95, verse 1 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. I love that. If we break down that into, into you know, a little bit more detail, you know, oh, come let us sing. The psalmist mentions honoring God in songs, but doing together. We come together. Let us sing. Let me and you exalt him. And then it goes into, we offer it with our hearts, sincerest intention, directly towards him completely. We sing unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation with an enthusiastic heart for everything that he has done. Let's worship him. Let's bring our symbols and music. Let's, let's shout, let's dance. Let's lift up a song. That the, the, you know, the dominant tune of our songs is out of joy because of who he is. He's the rock of our salvation. I love that because he stresses on experiential and theological meaning, which is both, um, which is both what I know, but also what I have experienced. You are the rock of salvation. I know that. And you have saved me. I have experienced that. Amazing. And it goes into, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. When we worship, when we come together, we don't just sing into an empty space. But we acknowledge that he is in our presence and we are in his presence. We acknowledge that something is happening here, that something real is happening. That we are singing to God for he is good and he is here. Say he is here. Coming together and positioning ourselves to worship him. And I love because when we come together, we get to, we get to encourage one another, influence one another. I remember when I was on the side, just, uh, you know, in the midst of worship. And in my heart, it's just full of bitterness. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to worship. Look at what's going on. This is so unfair. God, where have you been? And he was so inner focused. I was losing sight of what we were doing. 
And then I look across the room and I see a dude who just experienced tremendous loss in his life. And his arms are wide up. He's completely undone before the Lord. And then my heart just catches it. It's like, wow, it's about him. I come back to myself and I say, Lord, I got nothing. But in my brokenness, here I am. This is an offering of worship to you. When we come together, we, it gets to be contagious for us to be people that are focused and fixed on Him. For us to be people that are so devoted to Him that He is known above everything else. That our lives, our actions during the week actually match the altar of worship that we're trying to build on, on a Sunday. I don't know what, what is going to happen. I don't know, you know, if we go after building a sincere and true moment of worship together. I don't know what's going to happen. That's up to Him. But we are determined to give Him for what He's worthy, for what He's done, for who He is in our lives. Would we walk in a sincere place of worship? Where we give our attention to Him because what? Because of who He is. If God shows up in person in our service, our worship would no longer be voluntary. We would just bow down because of his power. But how amazing it is that we get to be so intentional to love him with everything we have when we come together. To love him with our lives. To love him in our everyday. To love him, to exalt him on how we're treating our family. To exalt him on how we're treating our neighbor. To exalt his name when nothing is really going right for us but we're doing so because of who he is. What would it look like if us as a community, as a family, we start building a sincere altar of adoration. We're elevating his name above anything else is our ultimate mission. And we won't let anything steal that from us. I was talking to my wife about this and she said something that is so true. The enemy, he just wants to take away our ability to worship and to take our focus elsewhere from the Lord because that is the only thing, that's the one thing that he could not do it. And he's like, I can't do it, you can't do it either. And he knows, he knows what it is to be a powerful community where we're devoted to him, to be a powerful community where in sincere, you know, I love the song where it's just like, God, my season, my struggles, my challenges, I'll lift it up to you as an incense of worship. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. 
To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.